Welcome down to this week's episode of Paddy Talks Golf, powered by the lovely people in 4 Golf Custom, giving you tour-level experience, custom fitting here in the country of Ireland. It's great to know, though, that I have something in common with somebody on the PGA Tour. Ain't that right, Seamus? Hey, I'm Seamus Power on the PGA Tour. If you're looking for the best golf club reviews out there on YouTube, just check out the guys at 4 Golf Custom. They've custom fit my golf clubs for years and they're the best in the business. So if you want to have something in common with a PGA Tour player like Seamus and myself, head over to 4golf.ie forward slash booking and just tell them Paddy sent you. And they, well, they might charge you extra, so maybe don't. <laughs> I know, they wouldn't do that. Five-star service. Just tell them I sent you and they'll take good, good care of you. And this week's episode is with Hugh Foley, history-setting man this year. Um, he was on the show now on 70 episodes ago. Dare I say, dare I say episode 69? I think so. Um, but yeah, he's had a stellar year on the amateur circuit, both here and abroad, uh, representing Ireland up and down the globe, not the country. But yeah, history-setting year. He's won the North in Royal Portrush Golf Club. The week after, I saw him in the South, didn't want to interrupt his flow, let him go about his own thing. I'll tell you something, Hugh Foley is a tall, tall man. He took me back. Um... Which yeah, won the South the week after. History setting. Um, I'm not sure anyone has done that. Uh, if I did a bit of research, I'll probably find out. But history setting and then, you know, representing Ireland, winning points all around him. And then goes over to Aaron Hills, gets to the final and plays his good friend Matt McLean and nearly gets beaten. But yeah, Mr. Consistent this year. We dig into where he gets that consist- consistency from, why he puts his practice focus on and, and really how he's getting on. Roll it there. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Joe Bradley told us the production line was finished in Kerry. Where's Joe Bradley? What did he get at? Foley, are you ready to tee it up again? Yeah, again. It's been a year or two, hasn't it? It's been, I have it written down. Imagine, I've done a little bit of prep for this episode. I only do that for important people, you know that? (laughs) (laughs) I'm unprepared, but... (laughs) You're not. It's about you, so I hope you'd have all the answers. Um, Yeah. 70 episodes ago, the week after you won the Irish Close in 2020, was when we last had a chat. October, Um, yeah. Your walk-on song then was Seven Nation Army by the White Stripes. Has that changed? Um, I'd say it has changed, yeah. I didn't know you were going to ask me that, I remember. And, and uh, that was, that's a good song. That's a good baseline to it. It's a good step to it. I was listening to something walking through the airport thinking that was great there recently uh, with a great baseline to it. So give me 30 minutes and I'll, I'll, give, I'll yeah, try and remember. I'll give, I'll give you 30 minutes. What did I call yeah. it? The, the episode was called Golf Actually because it was right, in, the yeah. of, in the midst of lockdown you were having fun in Rossapena. So that was yeah. what the last chat was about. Um, after winning the Irish Close, you kind of I asked you, well, did you prepare any differently? You kind of said you had. You hadn't stopped in the service stations as much on the way yeah. up. And you'd focus a bit more on like eating right, preparing right, resting right. Has that continued? Uh, and is that has that perhaps contributed to the vein of form you've had in 2022? Um, yeah, that's continued. Yeah, that's that's about right. I, um, I was uh, starting to change a bit. I stopped stopped dancing and taking videos of myself. 
where he started eating better. Um, and yeah, I definitely was uh, stepped it up a bit, I suppose, in, um, I guess you call it professionalism of just, yeah, eating well, preparing well, um, and doing all that. So, um, yeah, but I'm in quite good now. It's more of a habit now than it was two years ago. Um, just uh, trying to keep the energy levels good for, for weeks like that. And yeah, it's all parts. They're, they're all like part of the 1%, 2% gains that you do uh, to get a little bit better. Now, and, and the reason I asked that question is uh, I was at the South this year for the first time in, I go on about it all the time, but I actually haven't been at it uh, with work and holidays or whatever and having my son Christopher, I'd say since, since, um, did Carney win it? Not Carney won it. Yeah. Um, so like, that's like 08, 09. Yeah. Yeah. So I was up there this year and, um, I remember you were saying like to, to Claire Champion or some random media outlet like that. <laughs> like yeah. all, all I heard, like the sound bites were, oh, I just focus on getting sleep tonight, sleep, sleep, recovery and go again tomorrow. Yeah. So how do you track that? Is it just um, how, you, how you feel on a given day? Do you yeah. use a wearable? Do you use stats, Apple watch or? No, I don't do the, I don't do that. What's it called? Uh, whoop. Um, I personally just feel like that would put me off if I woke up and checked and it said, you know, whatever, 44% recovery. It's like, like that would fucked, just do nothing today. Yeah. And it's like the final <laughs> round or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can't be like, uh, like, you know, if you feel, if you feel tired or feel bad, you have to psych yourself up. You can't be kind of looking at your whoop and saying, Oh, you know, I didn't, I didn't get enough recovery last night for me. Um, I just kind of, no, it was, um, that week was I was definitely tired because it was pretty straight after the north I did a little bit of celebrating after the north and I was at the All-Ireland final uh, Limerick um, Kilkenny and that was that was brilliant so uh, I was very aware of that because uh, usually I would do a bit of practice after most rounds um, whereas that week I was very aware that I just needed to play with whatever I had um, and that rest was the most important so it was just getting to bed early um, and just feeling like I had a decent sleep and um, it was great as well. It was mostly just psychological then. Like the guy I was staying with, Sean McKeown, was um, every morning I'd wake up and he'd say, you look great. You, you look absolutely refreshed. You look brilliant. Uh, he's a Cavan accent, so he'd be, no, you do. No, you look great. No, you do. You do. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I don't know, I think that helps more than um, maybe some people look at their whoop and see 90% and they feel great, but um just convincing myself that I wasn't tired that week it was a a good uh a good thing I did that week yeah and it's been a busy few weeks around that period of the summer uh June July and of course the last few weeks in busy weeks like that or when you're trying to get your mind off stuff what do you do for fun um what's I do for fun that's a good question um dance around the stairs yeah (laughs) i haven't made any more uh funny videos like that no i'd say it's so busy so like uh and then i I guess it's rare that you know i got to celebrate twice so um in between the golf and the celebrations like it was it was so busy i you know if i'm relaxing maybe just going for yeah just taking my mind totally off golf uh going for swims um and i don't know go and getting food i love uh so if i'm disciplined enough i wouldn't say i'm crazy disciplined during the week uh, of a golf event but afterwards i love then um, you know getting something uh disgusting and uh 
gorgeous. Is it, chipper, is it chipper or is it Chinese or is it everything has to bad be bad egg or, or whatever <laughs> mad egg it's called? Isn't oh, it? mad egg, mad egg's <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, Jesus, that's good. I've only had that once. That's 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 top. I would say pizza's probably first up there, and then um, just kind of pub food. Then you know, chicken wings, club sandwiches. Uh, yeah, I just uh, go into that. But uh, we play a bit of football as well. Um, but time off, I just relax and just watch TV. I wouldn't even watch much TV during the year, so uh, it's all just boring stuff, to be honest. But it's nice to yeah, nice to do it when you haven't done it in a while. Yeah, there's enough in there. I'm waiting for something to say Lego. Or, or or something odd <laughs> like that. I'm waiting for someone to say something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're never going to hear the truth. Yeah, some weird sort of uh, relaxing thing I do. Going to I like collecting guys. dead butterflies. Yeah. <laughs> <Something like that. laughs> Dissolving animals or something. Yeah, in the shed. No, in, nothing, nothing weird. <laughs> there, there's a window into into Hugh Foley's life yeah. that no one knows about. Um, that should be the caption. In 2020, I think I I normally end conversations when people are first on like what what's the outlook for the next six months or next year, and, and you kind of mentioned in episode 59 um, okay. that what you really want to do is attempt or have a look at dominating the amateur scene in Ireland. So looking back on this, is there is there much left in this year on the amateur schedule? Uh, nothing really. Uh, no, nothing Nothing in Ireland and, and the UK. It's all kind of foreign stuff and um, just one event here and there. Yeah, so what would you give yourself from the report card for 2022 then? Uh, it was good. Yeah, it was definitely good. It was uh, I hit probably, I felt I did well at the start of the year um, consistently uh well um and then i hit quite a low point um i was i suppose if we're talking about like t- technical stuff i was like drawing the ball um a little thing in my swing that i thought i thought we needed to draw the ball to um get rid of a mistake and um or a flaw and, and i think it did but uh, it ended up like under pressure i wasn't able to wasn't able to to draw it under pressure and I started like you know I missed the cut in the British Am when I was about tied 20th with nine holes to go um, and from there I hit like three weeks of really quite poor golf and was like in a really bad frame of mind and all of a sudden the season was going from maybe like a six or seven out of ten to like down to three four out of ten and I was struggling even the first round of the north I, I thought I played okay and I shot three over um, around the easy course um, and I was like in a really, uh, low place and it was almost like you have to hit that. That's what my coach was saying to me. Uh, Jeff, uh, he was just like, you have to hit the, you know, you've hit the low point now. Everything's up from here. And, uh, from there, I definitely, you know, I couldn't have done much better. I wouldn't say 10 out of 10 cause I don't know. I lost two finals and, but, um, I was delighted with it, you know? Um, so uh, it's all perspective, I guess. In the middle of the year, I would have been absolutely delighted with that. Um, and uh, I don't know, I couldn't give it the number out of 10, but I, I mean, I, I definitely uh, couldn't have uh, imagined um, quite that strong a year uh, at the start of the year, especially in Ireland uh, with the Order of Merit. And I don't think, you know, I'm not sure if I was very far outside the top uh, six in any of the events I played. So, um yeah, it was uh, it was it was great. I think I hit a lot of my goals alright. No, like I think if you when you ask like the likes of when you ask when when, when people ask when proper media outlets ask the likes of um, yeah. 
you know, uh, Justin Thomas or Rory, or you're watching your report card, oh, it's like a B plus or an A minus. It's definitely up in the A's from the outside in. Right. Only for if to be in finals to lose them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. When you say you're at a low point, it's like different people see low points differently, you know? So yeah. I'll dig into that for for one second. When you say it was low and you're at the, the first day of the North and it was low, what, what do you mean by that? Do you mean, are you talking about yourself bad? Are you, is it just on the course stuff or is it, are you in a mood? Like how, what's, how do I know Hugh Foley is low? Um, yeah, I'd be, you know, I had a lot of, a lot of stuff, uh, in my, in my personal life that would be, uh, that, that's been tough. And, um, uh, I would be, I, I'm, I'd always pride myself in being in decent form. Um, so I don't think, uh, I would have shown it, uh, to people. But it's just, um, you know, moments alone. Um, I had to leave, you know, I'll always practice after rounds. I had to leave the North the first round and go home and just and kind of sit there uh, by myself and try try my best to um, drag myself up. I was just quite, quite negative. Um, you know, you're just feeling like, I guess you feel sorry for yourself in, in a way. Um, and you forget that you're just playing a game and uh, you put too much importance onto results and teams getting picked and just more and more pressure comes to it. And I, and I suppose that's where I was. I was like, you know, I'm not going to make that, uh, when was it July? We'd already played the team championship. So maybe, you know, like the, even the home internationals, I was, I was starting to play myself out of that maybe. Um, and, um, well, what else was the three man team was coming up? I know I didn't make that anyway, but um, all these things are playing on your mind. Then you're thinking, like, if I miss the cut in the north, am I really able to turn professional and make money from this game? Um, so all these things like come into your head, and and you're fighting. I was fighting it anyway. You just kind of kind of snap yourself out of it. I turned on. I think I turned on some sort of comedy movie. I was chatting to friends and and uh people at home and stuff and then and my golf coach probably one of the best people to to talk to and, and turn that around and um went out and practiced but um yeah it's, it's just what happens when you're by yourself you know no one sees it um it was uh it's tough you know i'm talking to uh talking to my dad in my head as well and uh it's very emotional and uh it's just perspective, I suppose, you know, there was only three weeks of bad golf, but at the time when you're playing full-time golf, three weeks of bad golf feels like, you know, is this ever going to turn around? Um, so it took a lot for me to, to just keep pushing forward, moving on and just dump all that negative stuff. I uh, went out to the range, kind of videoed my swing, sent it to the coach. He was like, the swing's perfect. Did you, what's wrong with you? Just go out and just play. And sure enough, I did that. I just went out and trusted everything for the next, two weeks and it was some 10 days of golf after that uh coming back and winning the north and south and uh historical couple of weeks some would say um commit to me like there's a lot of learnings there for a lot of people in terms of what a difference a day makes let alone a week makes from mm. thinking about can i even do this to 10 days later 11 days later being in the history books so should you turn pro like we'd all want like like to see a turn and pro and have a cut at it. But that's the decision mm. for you to make. And everybody else will ask that question, so I won't. <laughs> I think I asked yeah, that yeah. question already two years ago. <laughs> but like 
is something like that to go through nice to have in the back pocket to go i've been here before yeah you know when you're on tour and when you're thousands of miles away from friends and family and, and coaches and maybe to be able to say this happened in port rush those couple of weeks to be able to draw on that and say look just do what i did then take a video send it to someone i trust get some feedback and move forward is that how you look at it now or is that how you'd approach it if it happened again yeah i think it's in golf you know it even happens to you know the best players you know, you know brooks kepka and, and i know they're going to live golf and stuff but you know the dips that they go through. Um, Shane Lowry, a year and a bit before when he opened exactly. the front seat of his car after missing the cut at the, yeah. the open year before. And like, what am I Just doing? Just five cuts in a row. And then, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, there's great examples. It happens to everyone. And um, it'll happen again. Um, but going through it, it's important to to know, yeah, you've, that you've been through it and that you kept going uh, and that you didn't give up. And, and it will turn. Um it's it's just the honest part of of golf and definitely like if you turn professional touring golf um there's lots of uh moments moments alone or weeks alone and as you said you're miles from miles from home and um none of that kind of scares me um you know but yeah i've been through it and and came out like even if i went and finished you know fifth in the north and, and quarterfinals or semifinals of the south that would have been still you know, positive, a bounce back. Um, but to have gone from where I was, um, you know, nearly in tears with my golf after round one of the North to winning both of them 10 days later, just like there's, there's no bigger example I can take, um, from that, how golf can just turn around if you, if you let it. Um, and if you just, I suppose I just kind of eventually let go. Um, and, um, yeah, definitely draw on that. That'll, you know, it'll happen in the future. It'll be tough times where you're trying to maybe make your card or you're trying to make your first cut in five or six events. And, um, it's important, I think, not to, not to be ignoring that part of golf. I mean, that's just a part of golf. Um, if people say it isn't, then they're lying to you. So, um, you know, you need to accept many, that. Maybe a grown man and woman at all abilities has cried in their front seat over the scorecard they just put in I would say so <laughs> exactly yeah we'll talk about good golf for a second what's your lowest ever round and where was it uh, uh, in competition it's uh, 64 at La Hinch um, minus 8 uh, standard I've had, <laughs> yeah, I've had a few minus 9s I've had uh, 9 under in Royal Dublin and 9 unders in Swords uh, Golf Club um so those are my lowest kind of just social rounds. Deadly. Come here to me. It mightn't be like it wasn't on my radar as as an event for Irish amateurs, states that are even from here to go over to participate in. What brought about participating in the in the US Mid Am? Um, I think it was Mark Boucher was talking about it at the start of the year, um, May or June. Um I knew about it and I knew it was 25 and over. I hadn't looked into it to see like, how do you get into it? And, um, Mark Boucher was talking about it to myself, Matt McLean, TJ Ford, the guys who are 25 and older. And, um, it's stalwarts uh, of the Irish amateur circuit, the veterans, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the veterans. Yeah. We were having our veteran lunch. Uh, <laughs> um, 
discussing events, but uh, yeah, they said um, top 40 on the world rankings, get straight into it. You don't have to go and qualify. And it's in September. It's a great time of year. There's nothing on. Um, so it's an Aaron Hills. So everyone kind of knows Aaron Hills and it's uh, not too far from Chicago. So the more I looked into it, you know, fly direct to Chicago, um, could work out absolutely great. And um, myself and, and Matt ended up going for it. Um, I don't know what the exemption fell at at the end of the world rankings, but um, we ended up going for it. And he had contacts in Chicago. So we were sorted for the first three or four days playing golf. Uh, we did that. We had great fun. And then uh, I, a friend of mine was playing it, Daniel Connolly. He's actually played the South. He's an American uh, golfer, but his dad is from Cork. And um, so we joined up with him and he had friends over there. So we, we got to stay with them as well. So we were looked after brilliantly. And um, the trip just couldn't have gone any better. Uh, could have gone maybe a little bit better for me in the final, but uh, it was a nine out of 10, definitely an A, an a on the report card. Um, so it was definitely worth playing. It was amazing. Absolutely. Like all you had to beat was uh, when you look at the draws, like I just have to get past Haggy. Stuart Haggis yeah. dad. Now I should be doing okay. He's one, two of them. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. We saw him. He was, uh, he was quite close to me. I think he was two groups ahead of me. So saw him a lot. Uh, nice guy. Um, and I saw he's after shooting 59 in LA country club or something there the other day. So it's called where the U S open is on. Yeah. Where the U S open. Yeah. Is on he must be year. sick. He's not playing. Yeah. Um, so he's doing his best to get a free invite based on the 59, I think. <laughs> yeah. He was uh, the only time I saw him in the stroke play was, uh, you know, because you'd pass each other on a couple of holes. And every time I saw him, he was struggling. He'd like miss a fairway. He did this crappy chip. Uh, turns out the only chip I saw him hit, he made bogey on that hole and he shot six under. And I just walked off and I was like, I could have sworn he looked like he was playing badly. And he was six under. I was like, this guy is as good as as his ranking suggests. Um, yeah, I watched him for a day. By, I watched uh, him for a day at the USM in, in uh, oh, where was it? It was in Jersey. Um hmm. Mark Power got through the stroke play, got lost his first match. I forget where it was on. It's all over my Instagram anyway. I'll check it in a minute. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was just like effortless. And he always has like 40, 50 people watching him, even in the early yeah. stages, which is yeah. at, at amateur level. Everyone He's like God in, in the US amateur ranking. So um, he is. Definitely uh, learned a lot by watching him stroll around, and so nice. Like his time for everyone, and respect for everyone around him, and yeah, fair, you know, it's seems like so, a good guy. Seems like a good guy, yeah. yeah I think Keelan Rafferty is giving out about him. I don't know, why. Keelan wouldn't, wouldn't be like Keelan, would it? <laughs> <laughs> That's greenkeepers, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Keelan, if you listen to this, he's a great guy. You're the bollocks, Keelan. <laughs> <laughs> So no, Camille, um, what were your expectations going to Aaron Hills? Was it take part, be, be competitive and see what happens? Or did you go, do you know what? I'm having a good year. I'm in good form. We're having a good week. Myself and Matt. I could, I could go win the fucking thing. Um, definitely. Yeah. Um, myself and Matt were playing. Yeah, we were playing really well, uh, for those few weeks. And then even in like warm up, um, I didn't know what to expect. We went to play I thought it would be quite, it, you know, it is a bit tough around the greens. It's very fast and very slopey. You know, the greens are about 13. Uh, it got up to about 14, 14.5 one of the days, which was mental. Um, but we played like our first round. I felt I played quite poorly around Shore Acres, uh, which is in Chicago. We were just playing for fun. And, and Matt played well, but like not amazing. He shot 67 and I shot 70 or 71. 
can't remember, but it was like it felt like if we were at home, we were both shooting in the seventies easily. Um, so that was like a nice start to the trip. Then he shot twenty nine on the front line the next day, um, and I think I shot one under. Uh, and so the golf was good. We went up to Aaron Hills. The golf was then. It was just nice golf. There's no the, the the fairways are twice the size of the links fairways. You're getting drivers everywhere. My driver was behaving for uh, almost a full week, and um, you just start to believe more and more. And and I did well on the stroke play, and and it was kind of comfortable um, towards the end of the second round. That um, yeah, the belief started to grow and grow. You know, there were a lot of guys who had played Corn Ferry Tour. You know, you'd Hagestad, a few guys top two hundred in the world. So there were a lot of good players, but it ended up that um, we definitely felt like with the format match play and how much golf we had played compared to a lot of these guys that we were probably actually the sharpest two in the field. Um, and then I guess Hagestad got knocked out by the guy Matt beat in the semifinal, I think. So uh, maybe that did, did us a favor, but um, to be honest, Matt was like, Matt must have been almost under par in every round by the first stroke play round of the whole trip. Like he was, he was definitely the man to be. Come here to me. You've had a great summer, great year. Christmas is coming. What's on your Christmas list? Um, what's, what's Santa bringing you Foley this year? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, you're always stumping me with these questions. I'm never, what was the last time? The five people at a dinner table. Yeah, I, yeah. I had a terrible <laughs> dinner table. When I thought back of it, I was like, oh, I wish I said this lad. Um, more golf clubs, more, more, more Strixon. I'll promote Strixon. Cleveland, what a brand. Uh, Link Soul Golf Gear. <laughs> all the best stuff. Uh, all the, all the links, all the links, all the affiliate links from the show notes below. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For zero percent off, so you can put in Hugh Foley 10. Come here to me. I'm trying to regiment my practice into like I'd be fairly all right. I go to the range with like I'm going to do 60, 80, 100 yards. I walk it out and it's my own ball. So I have to be, <laughs> this person has to be really, really decent. Yeah. I'd be doing more steps than I would be hitting shots. But I started this little Facebook group. There's about 100 people in it now, all looking to get better, right? Good. So I said I'd, I'd pop in a couple of questions with the ballers. I do be talking to sometimes like a good self about what's your approach to practice? Do you segment it? Is it performance-based or are you looking for specific outcomes? So how do you plan it and what are you looking to get out of it? Yeah, I do. Um, yeah, definitely in the last few years, I I, I kind of, uh, I analyze the practice a bit more than I used to. So wedges, like you're saying there, I'd, I'd maybe get four or five umbrellas, do uh, any yardage, doesn't have to be exact. Um, just I just walk it out, just throw them down 10, 15 yards apart. Um and I'll just do, you know, I'll do a bit of warm up, a bit of technique work for 10, 20 minutes. And then I'll spend, I could spend like two or three hours. Um, and it's pretty simple. I just hit 10 balls to each flag. Um, then I just go up and see how many are inside 10 feet. And I try and get more than 50% inside 10 feet. And that seems like a good goal. Uh, if I'm really pitching it really well, I might get like seven or eight out of 10 inside 10 feet, which can equate to, like if you're putting up and that can equate to seven or eight birdies, you know? Um, and I find that just, that works really well for me. Um, I'll go out on, on the course and in America last week, my wedges were really good. I like more gimme birdies than I've ever had with wedges. So 
that's a, such a nice feeling hitting a wedge and it's just given to you. Um, so I would say I've done a lot of work there. Bunkers. I just do, I do an hour in a bunker. That's just my target. Um, again, I'll do a similar sort of game if I'm getting bored. Um, how many can I get inside five feet or I'll hit 20 balls and I'll just get the, the average distance, uh, to the pin might be like five and a half feet. So next week I'll just try and beat that. Um, I just try and I kind of figure out what my standard is and then write it down and just try and beat it the next time I'm out practicing. Um, and it's the same with most, maybe the long game. I do less of that. I just do technical work and a few shot shaping skills and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, I think writing down, uh, what standards you're at and just trying to beat that. And if I go look at my notebook, uh, I'm probably getting better. I've, I haven't really looked at it, but I'm sure that the results have, are better than they were last year. Um, so no, Teddy, thanks for that. So it's, you've, you've progressed past towards that whole 18. It's like par 18. for the uh, par 18 for a different practice. You've progressed well past that then. I still do that as well. Uh, I think I've only got par 18 once. Um, I know Darren Clark does, did that a lot, uh, before, uh, was it before he won the open? Trying to get, I'm shocking it. I'm so bad at it. It's demoralizing my playing it. So I, yeah. I prefer your approach where, you know, three, four pin positions, five balls, how many can, and measure the distance and just try to do better the next day. That's more, then yeah. you focus more on the good stuff than Jay's is I'm like, I'm like 21 over par on par 18. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I like, you can do like, uh, sometimes I might not leave the wedge area until I get more than 50%. <laughs> I was there before America and I was flinging, <laughs> I was actually having a bit of fun about I was flinging my sand wedge a few times and just couldn't finish this. Like it was like 110 yards. And I just, oh, I kept getting four out of 10, four out of 10, five out of 10. I was just flinging the club <laughs> in frustration. But, uh, it's a good, it's a good drill for pressure then to try and finish it. And then you can't leave until you do. Absolutely. Like, uh, Captain Luke Donald, as he's finally known now until this time next year, uh, he puts up a lot of tutorial stuff on his Instagram, actually, when he mightn't do now, because a few Americans might use it. But if you look back at his previous yeah. stuff, it was, yeah, he dropped three balls from uh, 130. You couldn't do it at your local course. The greenkeepers like uh, Keenan would be after yeah. But 120, yeah. 110, 100, all the way down to 30, 40 yards at the same pin. And he'd just measure, uh, yeah. he'd measure his proximity. And he mm. just tried to better. So it's very similar to Captain Luke Donald, Mr. Foley. Yeah, <laughs> that's good drill. What's your plans for the winter? Are you going to winter uh, well, like a, like a good I'm, GA player, or are you looking to yeah. ramp it up? I'm going to try for, um, play. Uh, I'm in between playing in America um, and playing in Australia. So depends on on what we can get into and uh, who I can travel with. Um, but definitely going to try and do a good winter, um, bit of warm weather practice here and there. And then next year, uh, hopefully start, start strong. I get into, uh, the U S amateur, uh, with that runner up, uh, finish and then get into uh, U.S. Open final qualifying. So I'm thinking of going and playing those, uh, definitely playing the U S amateur and, and then playing the final qualifying and try and link it up with some more, some more American events. They're, they're ranked very strongly, you know, and, um, uh, that's a, that's a whole other discussion, whether that's fair or not. Um, but, uh, in comparison to the standard that we have in, in Europe, um, but it seems like you need to go and play those strong events to, 
to move anywhere in the world rankings. So um, oh, I'd agree it. with you. I'd agree with you. Even after spending, I was only there maybe five hours in Ridgewood Country Club. Ridgewood, um, yeah. Ridgewood. And even there was a visible, because I was at the south like three or four weeks beforehand. And not to, not to like shit all over the quality of the south, but there is a visible, visible difference between the ball striking. That's what I noticed. Mm. Just the sheer ball striking, the athleticism, the level of professionalism in the AMs. I, now, I watched the last 32, so it was a few rounds in, yeah. um, and it was quite noticeable to the eye even. Um, you know, the, the quality is you're up a level in the States, and I suppose that's attributable to the amount of collegiate programs they have there and what do they call them, booster money and yeah. <laughs> all that kind of stuff. You know, yeah, so they, yeah, the US amateur and those top events will be uh yeah, massive events to be to be playing in and, and it's good to up the up the standard and, and um yeah, just try and play in, in as many big events as possible. Deadly. Well, I hope Santi brings all this tricks on that you're looking for. And the yeah. Cleveland <laughs> and the Link Soul. Uh, I'm a big fan of Link Soul. Massive fan. Oh um, yeah, nice gear. Since uh, I was at their opening of their Corica Park shop, met met John Ashworth with Maddie G the first time oh they're yeah. absolute legends of men but yeah cool dudes cool dudes um, cool beans well thanks for your time and uh, yeah, sure sure. if you're playing a winter series in the K let me know I can work from yeah. home that day <laughs> sounds good cheers thanks have a good one Slán cheers buddy what a man who afforded his history setting man uh, this year winning the North winning the South getting to the Mid-Am final in Erin Hills against Matthew McLean Mr. Consistent uh, I, like if you look at his record this year the amount of top 10s is phenomenal his record with Ireland is phenomenal um, it's like the Adair Manor podcast uh, everything is phenomenal um, we did mention uh, the people helping him out uh, Fire Pit Podcast is actually featuring him on their The Grind series so that should be out soon I think I definitely want to look out for himself and oh it's not coming to me uh, Hugh's definitely on it uh, and a couple other stateside uh, looking at the amateur game globally and, and the grind that they have to go through uh, we mentioned Link Soul there now I, if you if you follow me on Instagram and stuff you don't have to but, but do we're nearly at 6,000 and we hit the thousands we generally give stuff away but I'm a big fan of Link Soul like, like I said to Hugh it is tough to get over here Christmas is coming uh, you will have to pay the international shipping you will have to pay uh, taxes or customs when it lands before they deliver to your door but if you have a friend or relative in the states you might get it shipped there uh, for free if you spend x amount and they might send it home if you want to get around that uh, loopy holy international slash custom stuff but you didn't hear it from me <laughs> um yeah a lot to take from that episode for me personally in terms of uh, trying to get better at golf and get more consistent number one focus on my body and recovery like I use swoop he says he doesn't wear a wearable everyone is entitled to do their own but something we can all do is roll out the pudding mat and for five minutes maybe twice a day or ten minutes ten minutes and so much can be gained from just making sure you're square so that's definitely something I'll be doing in the garden room here um, which is now the podcast studio and this is the first episode that I'm doing from the room from the from the studio from the garden office uh, so what will we call the studio? Will we just call it the studio? Um, open interpretation. But yeah, um, I hope you enjoyed the episode. I hope you enjoyed the audio. Uh, always trying to be 1% better. 
If you like this episode, please do venture on Apple or Spotify, or maybe it's on Acast, if you're on the Acast player. But please do leave a review. Five stars helps. Tell a friend. That's the fastest way to get this podcast out there. If you liked it, take the link that you're listening on and send it to a friend. That's all I ask. All right. See you in a week. Until we teed up again soon.